It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Break! Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan at 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills and Mike alongside Joey Madore up until 7 o'clock today. On this 18th day of June, 606 on the clock and 83 degrees and sunny outside in Southeast Ohio. It's a sports fan presented by JK Contracting. And Joey, it was a rough day for Southeast Ohio fans yesterday as the Reds lost. It was a rough day for me. Mets lost. And I guess I'm loosely connected with the Nets because I'll root on the Nets. Why not? They used to be in New Jersey. So the Nets lost to the Milwaukee Bucks. The, uh, the Mets lost to the Cubs, and the uh, Cincinnati Reds lost to the San Diego Padres in brutal, brutal fashion. Mm. And that one, that one stings. That one is not a, uh, you, you got to put that loss in the rearview mirror pretty quick uh, because that, that game could uh, sink you or whatever. It, it was not a good game yesterday. But, Joey, how are you? Uh, doing well. Uh, ready to wrap out the week and get out to the weekend. Of course, talk a little bit of sports here before we get there, but uh, yeah, yesterday's game, hmm, it's one of those where, you know, you can kind of sit there and worry, shoot, is this one going to be one that lingers with, with, uh, with the team for a while? Because, uh, you know, obviously, they didn't really have the bats going most of the game, uh, but Miley did a heck of a job. He took a no-hitter into the sixth inning before giving up a home run to Tatis, then gave up the home run to Machado, and, you know, other than that, he, he, was, pretty, he was pretty darn good. Um, did his job, only went up two runs. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's a tough loss, tough way to lose a game like that in the ninth inning after battling all the way back to take the lead on the road, which, by the way, uh, you know, shout-out to Petco Park and San Diego and the fans there. I mean, that, that game felt like a playoff game with the atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, with that game being the reopening day for San Diego and the Padres, right, because they full capacity, the fans came out and supported their team, Rightfully so. I mean, the Padres one of the best teams in baseball. And they were going against a, a pretty hot team in the Cincinnati Reds. Reds could still be hot. I mean, it could just be a blip on the radar. It could be a, a symptom of something more. And, you know, I like to be fair, right? I like to, you know, praise when somebody's doing well and criticize when they're not doing well. Right? Amir Garrett had a little bit of a good stretch. Lucas Sims has had a nice stretch. Hembry had, his, had a nice stretch. But the bullpen deserves no praise Yesterday, the bullpen fell apart yet again. You cannot, if you want to consider yourself a good team, you cannot give up four runs in the bottom of the ninth inning. I get it tying up the game, but come on, you can't give up four. You just took the lead. And you're going to give up four runs in the bottom of the ninth? Pretty quickly, too. They couldn't get an out. Or maybe they got, I think they might have got one. Well, it all started with a leadoff walk, which, I mean, you have a two-run lead. How are you going to put the leadoff guy on? I think it was on four straight pitches, too. Like, um, And that obviously wasn't Garrett. Yeah, who? Hembry pitched before. He came Hend- Hendricks. Hendricks. Hendricks blew the before. save, right. So he gets an out, then walk after the walk, and then two-run blast to Hosmer on a pitch right down the middle. Um, which is like the cardinal sin as a closer is to give up the long ball. No matter what you do, if you're going to hit and round, whatever, just keep the ball in the park at least. And, you know, 
just for them to rally back the way they did with two outs, you know, you have Stevenson stepping up, gets a base in the center field, the score run, and then lineup turns over in India with a, with a two-run shot. Momentum just completely flipped all the way to the Reds. You saw them on the bench. They were pumped up, thought they came in and stole a win in game one against the Padres on the road, a really good team. And then, uh, you know, just to have these guys come in, giving up long balls like that, and they weren't cheapies either. I mean, Hosmer's with a blast to right field, and then uh, – uh, Cartini hit the other one to win the game once Garrett came in. And, you know, I'm sorry to say this, and I know he's been kind of a big part of what the franchise has done the past few years, but you got to start wondering for Garrett, is it, uh, is it, you know, time to stick a fork in him? He's done because he's just been terrible this year. And like you said, he had a couple okay outings. He'd come in, get a guy out. He pitched the whole inning uh, in, in the six-game win streak of a shutout. He pitched a whole shutout inning. Um, but... You know, just to lose a game that in that fashion, to take the lead, have all the momentum, you walk the leadoff guy. That's that. That's what ticks me off more than anything else. You just have a four-run inning to get yourself not even a one-run lead. You have a cushion. You can give up a solo homer to the first guy and still be winning. Right. But uh, you put him on base, and then you know it all just escalated from there. Yeah, it was not the way the Reds want to end their night last night, especially with the way. You know, that Tyler Stevenson performed. Stevenson comes in with the pinch hit and uh, then gets the RBI. India right behind him. Two-run shot. Reds take the lead. Reds, uh, you know, with a good opportunity to, to steal one from the Padres and continue their winning streak. But, man, I mean, that all the momentum that you had built up was just dead after that bullpen took over in the bottom of the ninth inning. And Hendricks gets one out, walks one, gives up two earned runs, gives up a home run, as does Garrett. Garrett didn't walk anybody. He just grooves it right down the middle. Yeah, he couldn't even get an out. (laughs) Two hits. And he came in with the bases empty. So, you know, back-to-back hits. Uh, It wasn't being a jack on a pitch pretty much right down the heart of the plate. And, you know, at the big league level, you throw the ball down the middle of the plate, you're going to find out quick that – it's going to get turned around. And the fact that he's already this year, besides the year he was a starter, given up as many home runs as any other season he's played. We're in June. Yep. I mean, that's a real pro- – I mean, especially since he was supposed to be kind of the guy slate at the closer spot. You can't give up eight home runs, especially in only 19 innings pitched. I mean, he's just really struggled this season. Um and it's, uh, it's a real shame because he's pitched like a quarter of the games that he has in other years where he only gave up seven, eight home runs. He only gave up four last year. Obviously, it was a shortened season. But, um, it's, you know, it's, it's that, that one, you, you worry about a game like that sticking with you, right? Because now it's like if you go out there, maybe you get smacked around today and lose eight to nothing. It's like, well, what you had, you kind of had lightning in a bottle there and you had a chance to keep it going. And then just, uh, just a real brutal as brutal of a ninth inning loss you can have, especially this uh, still with it still being you know the middle of June. But um, I just felt bad for the lineup, uh, them to scrap all the way back to win that game. I mean they're down to the last strike when Stevenson got that base hit up the middle, um, and then you know he does that run comes in to score. Then you know you get the uh, get the two run shot from India, which the how he got his hands inside of the, I mean that ball was high and tight, and he just got, he got around on it. All yeah. at the left field. It was a great swing. I, and um, it was a line drive shot, too. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like he got on top of that ball 
He had just enough power because I don't see Jonathan India being a guy who's going to hit you at 25 home runs. No. You know, maybe his max, you know, he'll, he'll might hit out 20 on a good year, right, if he peaks. And we're talking about a rookie then in Jonathan India, right? So there's a lot of development still to go on as it's just his rookie year. But you've liked what you've seen out of the rookie second baseman. I mean, there's no complaints about this batting order. And they went through it a pretty tough pitcher in Musgrove. I mean, Musgrove shut him down. Uh, and then the Reds were able to get to one of the best closers in baseball. Yeah, I believe Melanson leads uh, leads baseball leads the majors in saves right now. Yeah, and he uh, he blows his third save, and you know that was the guy that I think was most impressive about how the Reds came back yesterday. They were able to get to one of the best closers in baseball, then Melanson. And when you get to a guy like that, you need to win the game. Right. Because he's not blowing, he's <laughs> there's a very low percentage chance he's blowing two in the same series unless you just really have a guy's number. Um, but I mean, he's got a he's got a sub two ERA this year for a reason. Even after giving up four runs and only getting two outs, right? Uh, Melanson's he's I mean, back to his time in the in the division with Pittsburgh, he's been a household name for a while now. Yeah, I mean, again, Melanson didn't get the job done last night, but uh, the the Reds bullpen. Also did not get the job done last night. You got to get the win when it's right in front of you, and they did not do that. Garrett goes and uh, gives up the two runs. Second loss in the season. Second, I mean, he's got two blown saves on the season, but he hasn't been put in a high-leverage situation. You know why? Because he does stuff like that. You can't put him in a high-leverage situation because he, he can't guarantee an out is recorded by Garrett. Uh, it's unbelievable then I'll say this, you know, with the way that the bullpen has pitched over the last maybe two, three weeks, right? I mean, they've improved. They've gotten better. I but mean, it's nice it, it was, like this it was that hard, really hurts. It was hard to get any worse right. from what they were doing. Um, and then as soon as the bullpen showed some kind of consistency without giving up, you know, five runs an outing, the Reds were winning games. They made up three games in the division lead. And were yesterday two games back on the Cubs and the Brewers who were tied at the top. I mean, you had that opportunity right there in front of you. Now, the Cubs won last night. The Cubs beat the Mets. Uh, Two-run home run in the first inning, and that was all the scoring in that game. I think they had like 14 guys straight retired on both sides. That was yeah. uh, not a fun game to watch. The Brewers lost to the Rockies as well. So, Cubs are now all alone at the top. Yep. Yep. And uh, maybe it's time. I don't know what you think here, Joey, but... Uh, looking at the minor league system right now for the Cincinnati Reds, you have a couple of guys and your two best prospects. Uh, right now, one's in double-A, one's in triple-A, but yeah. you have Nick Lodolo, a left-handed pitcher for the Reds. He's your best prospect. And you have Hunter Green, a right-handed pitcher, and he's sitting in triple-A. Yeah, I've heard rumblings of maybe Green getting called up. Haven't heard anything about Lodolo yet. I know Lodolo's been pretty good in double-A this year. Um and I think Hunter Green was also down at double-A. He's just got the bump up. Right. Yeah, Lodolo right now. I mean, it's six starts, point nine ERA. I, that's <laughs> yeah. hard to get much better than that. And I don't know, what would you... You're not really looking for a starting pitcher, right? That's, what, that's the thing. You know, it, it's just becoming kind of, you know, abundantly more clear that if... To get where they want to go, which you assume... You know, you you have a playoff lineup. They re they 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 really do. They don't have the entire rotation figured out, but you got 
you got three or four guys were in a five or seven game series. You're like, all right, we have our best three guys. We got a shot. You know, you're throwing if Castillo keeps, you know, going in the same trajectory. You have him game one, followed up by probably Maley, and then uh, Wade Miley's been great. And then Gutierrez, we'll see if he can do it through a whole season. But you have guys at the starting rotation. It's just the bullpen is and so it's so untrustworthy. Um, and we've been talking about it, harping on it all season. And really, if they want to have a shot at making a postseason, they're going to have to make some kind of move at the deadline uh, to try to to try to figure this out. Because right now, you know, maybe they can have a. a a weak stretch like we just saw where they can be okay and, you know, not lose games for you, but a bullpen this bad is going to come back to bite you. And at some point, a spade's a spade. And, you know, that's kind of what you have to just take it with this Reds bullpen this year. No matter, I think, no matter how many positives you see, I think they just don't really have the guys to uh, to straighten to straighten this thing out. And, right, maybe, you know, I mean, Warren had a nice, nice outing out of the bullpen. Uh, Warren win an inning. Got two strikeouts. The season ERA is at one point five. But also, maybe stop throwing a guy with a nine ERA. Like that could right. that could also help too. I mean, at some point in a season, the guy's just not gonna have it, and it's up to the manager and it's up to the general manager to decide how long they are going to continue to run with Amir Garrett this year. And again, Amir Garrett is not the guy who blow who blew the save last night. Right? That's Hendricks. Hendricks blew the save. He couldn't get the job done. David Bell went to him to try to get the save, and he couldn't do it. But also, you know, David Bell, you get a lot of mixed emotions from him, uh, from the fan base, I feel like. But also, come on, like, you just had all the momentum, and you lost it in three batters. Don't put your worst, don't put your worst pitcher in the game at that point. Yeah, especially in a game where the ball was flying out of the yard. You know, the Padres hit three home runs. The Reds had their own. And it's just what Garrett's M.O. has been this year. He's come into the game and gotten rocked more times than not. And I don't know, with one out in the ninth inning, and maybe you had no other choice. But, um, you know, just to see Garrett thrown out there was – I don't think any – you can't sit back as a Reds fan and say, once you just blew the, the game – and it was tied at 4-4. Once Amir Garrett came in the game, you've had any kind of relief or sense of that game was going extra innings. No. I mean, this, the one time that Amir Garrett, and this was recent in this winning streak, right? Garrett uh, was brought in just to get a single out. And he got the out. But I, I'm like, that's not the most convincing. He, he got somebody to chase. And then there was a, uh, you know, check on, I don't, I don't remember, if it was a first base umpire or the third base umpire. But, you know, the umpire also kind of helped him out there. I didn't think that the batter went around, but the batter went around and, and Garrett, you know, got that, uh, got that one out that he was required for. That was earlier on in the week. And for Amir Garrett, I mean, it's... I mentioned that because it wasn't even... Yes, he got the guy to go around and swing, but it was a borderline call that could have gone either way. Right? So he got some help there but he's not going to be able to luck his way through the rest of the season, especially if he's still got an ERA that's sitting above nine. Right? I'm thinking, and I know I'm going to the Orioles now, but I, I know I'm thinking uh, that Matt Harvey has got to have a short leash. But the Orioles don't really have a whole lot of pitching. I know the Reds don't have a whole lot of bullpen help. But at some point, you can't be running a guy out there 
that's going to give up and blow the game for you. That's uh, just not the way it works. Now, at some point, Garrett's going to be either you know, designated for assignment, traded away, or what have you. He's got to figure it out, and, and he's got to figure it out now, if he's going to figure it out at all. He's had a decent Cincinnati Reds career, but I would not. If Garrett is this bad at the All-Star break, I don't think he's on the team. If the Reds are going to be serious contenders this year, they cannot continue to run a guy out there who's got a 9 ERA in hopes to go and close down and be a lock on the bullpen. And Garrett was good last year. I don't know what happened from last year to this year. I don't know. Whether his breaking stuff is not as crisp, whether you know he's not locating his pitches, but you can't run him out there and expect to win a baseball game on the day that you pitch him. No, definitely not. Uh, you, can't, you can't expect him to get out of the ninth inning with the game still going on. Uh, not against right a lineup now. that the Padres have. Yeah, right. That's pr- pretty much back to 100% now. I mean. Right. I mean, Carantini walked off against you. <laughs> right. He's the catcher batting 218. That wasn't a cheap either. He, he got a hold of Got a hold of that one. Uh, come on. What, what are you doing? A guy who's batting over his last seven games, he's batting 167. And that's the guy you're going to let beat you? A catcher who has not had a whole lot of playing time. Maybe a little harsh on catchers now. Well, all right. Well, hold on. I mean, just... <laughs> he said a catcher. How dare you let a catcher beat you? I mean, and he's, I, I want to verify. Right? But this looks to be the backup catcher of the San Diego Padres. You're going to let the backup catcher drive the ball yeah, 400 feet or whatever it was? Yeah, it's a tough look. Really? <laughs> That's what you're going to do? Uh, I mean, that was, a, that was a rough night. That was a rough night last Just, night. Just, I mean, it's one thing you go out losing 2 nothing, and, you know, you don't have that rally in the ninth inning. It's like, hey, you know, we face a good pitcher today. Yeah, chalk it up. We'll, we'll, we'll get back tomorrow. It'd be a little concerning because they had a few games in a row there where the bats kind of struggled. But your pitching didn't lose you the game at, at that point. You know, Miley located the fastball well. Uh, got a few punch outs. Again, he took a no-hitter into the sixth inning against this really good Padres lineup. He got broken with the with the Tatis home run. Right. Um but, yeah, just to have that rally in the ninth inning where, uh, you know, and you, you look, you had the shot of the bench and everybody's out of the dugout and fired up and screaming. That, that, you know, that's, that's the kind of baseball you like to see because, you know, sometimes in a 162-game season, you know, these guys, you don't get up for every single game like that. And like I said, you know, it was sold out in San Diego at Petco, which is uh, it's a really nice ballpark there. And, you know, they're really pumped up that the Padres are a, a competitor again. Of course, they couldn't be there to watch it last year. Um, and, uh so you get to see that atmosphere. It felt like a playoff game. It really did. I know we said that earlier, but like just watching the crowd and you know when those home runs were hit by Tatis and Machado, the pop, and then everybody ticked off once uh, once the Reds tied it and took the lead in the ninth inning, and then of course ultimately they got to celebrate once again. But you know this should be a fun next three games to watch. I just really hope this doesn't take the you know the wind out of the sail to say because. You know, sometimes, we've said this a couple of times, but it just feels like a loss like that 
can maybe take something out of out of a team, you know, when when you're playing as well as they were on that six game win streak, and to make up all that ground in the division, a chance to take another step forward last night against another playoff contender, and then to blow it like that in the ninth inning after uh, after grabbing the lead in the top of the ninth, you know, if you're Coach Bell, you really gotta get in there and really push the push the you know in the rearview mirror message where we're still got three games against these guys, but. You know, you you can't think it's going to be that easy. No, I mean that again. That's a uh, demoralizing loss last night. After he had all that momentum going in, and it uh, it does not get easier tonight, right? Because this is a uh, for us here on the East Coast. It is a very very late night game with the first pitch slated for ten ten. Tony Centillion on the mound against Chris Paddock. Uh, Paddock. Ew. We'd like to see how he handles this situation. Um, hopefully we can get through five this time. Right. And, uh, you know, Santillian's biggest issue was the walks, right? I mean, his pitch count was up. He gave up too many walks. Uh, but, again, he kept the Reds in the game. And, you know, it was a win over the Rockies. That's all he had to do. Eat up some innings. Keep the Reds in the game. Don't give up too many runs. I mean, that's, that's really the formula. And how about Votto, how he's played since coming back? I mean, the average all the way back up in the 240s. Um, I believe he had a couple base knocks last night as well. Two for three. Got a walk. So Votto's you know, back. Good to see the uh, the veteran leadership there uh, coming in, stepping up after after being on the IL. Uh, hopefully he continues to traject in that direction because, I mean, right now looking at that lineup, one through five, I mean, that's – it's, it's formidable with India. He's been pretty solid since going in the leadoff spot, followed by Winker and Castellanos. Naquin, who leads a team in RBIs, he's been doing well. And Votto, he's been, he's been good recently as well. So, you know, hopefully they can uh, continue to uh, get the bats together. I will say, you know, we are starting to see a little bit of an extended cold spell now from the offense, right? You know, those last couple games against the Brewers, only scoring two runs in both of those. So you want to see them, you know, Kind of an outburst. Paddock hasn't had the greatest ERA this year. It's up in the fours. So hopefully they maybe they can grab a few runs early, you know, help Centillion calm down a little bit. It is only a second career MLP start. And uh you know, hopefully they can give him a little bit of help early on. Yeah. With Paddock, uh his last appearance was against the Mets, I believe, in his last start. And it was. His last two starts were against the Mets. Uh and he did get the win on uh, that would have been Sunday the 13th. So Paddock got the win on Sunday in his last outing, went six innings, held the Mets to two earned runs, and also struck out nine in his last outing. So Paddock is on the way, is bouncing back a little bit. Um, formidable pitcher. He was a rookie pitcher. He was you know, maybe in the talks for a little bit back in 2019 for the rookie of the year. Of course, that year it went to uh, Pete Alonso, who set the rookie home run record. Um but Paddock was good. Paddock was a formidable pitcher and you know, was struggling a little bit this year. Now he's on the, on the uh, up and up. Red's going to be in for a rough one tonight. But, again, they, they just have to put yesterday in the rearview mirror, like you said. Just go out there and have fun. Win the ball game. It's tough. How they should they should <laughs> they should have won that game last oh, night. Oh, man. How do you not win that? I, I, I don't know. I, that, that was just uh, that on top of. The Nets now going to uh, Game Seven. Um, well, you shouldn't fear that one because even in the regular season, the home team has won every time. 
That's why in, it's important between to get higher the, between the Nets and Bucks. So, yeah, we'll see. We will see. Uh, Kyrie Irving is out for that game too. Well, they won a game with that. They won game uh, game five without Kyrie. They could do it again at home. They need another Herculean effort from Durant, probably. But <laughs> yeah, what do you think? Forty? What do you have? Forty-five points or something like that? Yeah, tripled, forty-five points, yeah, fifteen double. plus rebounds yeah, was, and ten was, assists. That was one of the you know one was, of the all-time playoff performances for sure. That was. And uh, you know, wrap up the Reds. Just to uh, touch on what you said about Votto, three forty-six. Over his last seven games. Joey Votto's feeling pretty good right now. But we'll, uh, we'll throw it to a quick break. But before the break, yesterday I mentioned on the sports fan a uh, trivia question. And if you call in and get this trivia question correct, you'll get yourself a red bag. It's got the logo on the reds. It's got the MLB Network logo on it as well. And a Mike Moustakis bobblehead. So if you have the opportunity, you can even Google it. I don't even care how you get the... Uh, how you get the question? How you get the answer? I think you're going to have to Google it unless you're a historian. Well, somebody called in yesterday and said that they once knew it. They had forgotten about it, but they did <laughs> once. They knew it uh, Thanks. prior to. That's good. They also called with another point. But uh, the first professional baseball game was played on June 1st, 1869. The Cincinnati Reds defeated what team by a score of 48-14? to the Reds defeated who? I want to know who that team is. I can't believe this city had a baseball team. Yeah. I, but it was a professional baseball team, That's right? That's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah. Because it was the first ever professional baseball game played. Correct. Now, this that Cincinnati Reds team is much different from the Cincinnati Reds team that is you know, in existence today. Yeah. Looking at the score of that game... Well, I just mean franchise-wise, right? I mean, that the first professional baseball team is born in Cincinnati, but that is not the same team that was or that is playing today. That's the difference there. But uh, the Reds defeated who? I want to know who that team is that the Reds defeated on June 1st, 1869. You can call in 740-592-6646 and get yourself a Mike Moustakis bobblehead as long as well as a uh, Cincinnati Reds bag. It's a nice bag. I want the bag, but uh, I got to give it away. We'll be right back. It's a sports fan presented by Jan K Contracting at 970 97.1 FM WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Since 1921, Oblenis Hospital has been part of the fabric of Southeast Ohio, sharing in the health care journeys of our friends and neighbors. And since becoming part of the Ohio Health family, We've proudly continued that service through investments in a new ICU, primary and specialty care services, and an expanded emergency department. Learn more about our commitment to expert care in our community at ohiohealth.com slash oblenis100. 
Get the facts every hour at the top of the hour with CBS News Radio on Classic Hits 97 and 97.1 FM WATH. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. Night 70, 97.1 FM, WATH. Mills and Mike with Joe Medor up until 7 o'clock today. Let me wrap it up for the rest of the week. And again, that trivia question. First ever professional baseball game was played on June 1st, 19, or 1869. Who did the Reds beat? Name the team. If you can name the team, you'll get a Mike Moustakis bobblehead and a Reds bag. The uh, one thing that caught my eye, Joey, over the last couple of days, and I haven't been able to really talk about it yet, but the the big thing in college sports right now has been the uh, name, image, and likeness fight, right? Uh, student athletes, the NCAA, everybody out has been out in support now to let student athletes benefit from their name, image, and likeness and I mean benefit in a monetary value, right? If, if we wanted to pay Nathan Rorick to say something nice about the sportsman, that would have been a, uh, a violation of the NCAA code of conduct, and uh, he would have to give the money back and other suspensions and penalties or whatever. But people are trying to now push it through and make sure, you know, that for you student-athletes can benefit off of their name, image, and likeness. And the one thing that I can't wrap my head around, right, the NCAA went to Congress, and they're looking for a national bill that encompasses the entirety of the, the 50 states, right? Anywhere that there's a uh, NCAA-affiliated school. Division one, two, three, what have you. They wanted a national law that guided schools on how to handle name, image, and likeness. However, with a lot of stuff set to go within the next, you know, maybe a couple of months or so, right, I think California's coming up on the, uh, on the deadline before they allow for name, image, and likeness. The rules that are set out in California are going to be different rules that are set out here in Ohio, and there are different rules that are going to be set in New Jersey. So the NCAA went and they're trying to get this national bill passed. However, senators, I would say, are not doing their job. They are trying to push other things on this bill that was specifically asked for for name, image, and likeness. And some of these things that they are looking to put in addition to on this bill... Uh, would be other athlete protections, such as medical educational opportunities for former athletes, transfer rights, and health care, and things of the sort. They were tasked with one job. Help solve the issue of name, image, and likeness across the country. Set one thing, accomplish one thing, and they're trying to add every single different thing into this bill to convolute it and listen, are these things beneficial for student-athletes? Sure, they may be, right? I don't know what the full 
laundry list of things that they're looking to add on to this one bill. But I just don't know why you can't pass one single thing to help. Forget about the other stuff. The other stuff is going to get messy. Everybody's in agreements on NIL right now. Name, image, and likeness. Pass that, govern that, and get the other things in there later. Why do you have to jumble up this bill with a bunch of other different things that aren't the main issue right now? They might be an issue. You could lobby for those issues later on. But with different states about to do different things, where is the sense of urgency for the NCAA and for, you know, Congress to help out and fix this? Because as it stands right now, they're not going to pass a bill and they're not going to have any kind of regulations about this, which means that it's going to be different state to state and it, it's going to open up for a potential huge, huge mess, Joey. Yeah. It, it seems to me, rather than uh, getting something in place for current athletes that are in school now, um, which is obviously the, the main focus on when this all first started to, to come out, you know, getting these kids who generate at times millions of dollars for their university uh, with what they do on the, on the sports field, um, trying to get them some kind of compensation for that, right? Uh, and I'm not even saying that it has to come from the school. I mean, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. If, if a third party wants to pay a student athlete because of their notoriety, mm -hmm. they should be able to be paid for that. I'm not arguing NIL. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. You're not, I I'm just adding on to what point. you said. Yeah. Um, so, and I think everybody's in agreement that if, uh, you know, a brand like Nike or let's do an Athens example. If, if, if Bob Wood wants to have Jason Preston come on a commercial and, and talk about, you know, his car dealerships, right? He should be allowed Bob to do Wood. that. Bob? I'm sorry, I must, I must Don. Yeah, Don yeah. Wood. Yeah, I knew it was a three-letter name. My yeah, you got Don Wood Toyota, you got Hugh White Honda right across the way yeah, from us. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm not a native, okay? The name's... The... <laughs> like, who's Bob? <laughs> I knew it was a three-letter <laughs> three name. Don, anyway, it could be Bob Wood, whoever. Whoever owns a car dealership. If Jason Preston wants to go and promote some selling a car and be able to pay to get do that, it shouldn't be any kind of violation, right? Right. And I think that's what everybody pretty much universally can get behind that. But what it sounds like right now is they're trying to make up for former athletes who, you know, didn't get afforded uh, this name and likeness opportunity. And, mm -hmm. you know, and then you start to get in the messy areas of uh, – student athletes that got hurt in college and then maybe that prevented them from playing at the professional level and they can never go on to, you know, make millions of dollars playing the sport that they're really good at because injuries and other things ended up setting them back. And you're, you're trying to, you're trying to get everybody under one umbrella. But, um, I think right now what you want to do is take it one step at a time before you, you worry about getting all this stuff, uh, done all in one bill. Right. You were asked to do one thing, Congress. You were asked to do one thing, help sort out and make national legislation for name, image, and likeness. But instead, you get all politics centered around it. And all right, well, what about the former athletes? Uh, what about health care? Uh, what about, you know, well, health insurance? See, see, now it sounds like you might be short-siding these other issues well, I'm not, they, I don't want to short-sight the other issues. The other issues are valid, 
take care of the main issue that has a timetable on it. Right? States are going to be doing their own individual thing which is also, pretty soon. Which is also a mess, the fact that, you know, potentially, and that's going to be a whole other thing that uh, is going to become a recruiting tool. You know, what if one state still is very strict on what you can and can't do, but down in Alabama and Saban, hey, yeah, sign with Nike, sign with Adidas, sign with whatever the heck you want. It doesn't matter to us. Like, Doesn't Nick Saban have a, um, is he, he's not GoDaddy, right? What is he, Geico or? Um, Saban, I've seen Saban in a couple of commercials, and I don't know what they. Yeah, I feel like it's been a little bit. I thought it was a duck commercial. I I, I can't remember that what was, commercial. That was Af, that's Aflac. That's the duck. Yeah, it could have been. I think it could have been Aflac. Geico's got the uh, the lizard, right? Or the yep. gecko? Yeah, he did the. Yeah, you got yeah. the spot on. <laughs> it was with Aflac. Good it, call there. I remember a duck and Nick Saban. <laughs> that, that's all I remember out of it. Was I going to purchase anything? No. <laughs> what do I need Affleck for right now? But you know, Saban's able to do it. He's making millions of dollars. I'm sure a bunch of Alabama athletes would make some money too. Oh, absolutely! You kidding me? Just imagine Tua Tagovailoa, when if he was still in college making all the money, Joe Burrow would have made a whole lot of money down in LSU. And now, I mean, those are two examples who would have benefited from name, image, and likeness. Right? There's also a couple of guys like, and I don't mean any offense to name someone, but uh, you know, during his time here at Ohio, Nate Springs probably wouldn't have signed a big deal, a big sponsorship deal with anybody. Right? I mean, BVP could probably make some money. Ben Vanderplas could probably make some money. And I'm, that's another thing where I think some people think that it's going to be a flat, you know, amount of money for every athlete in every sport and. That's not exactly going to be the case either because, you know, not every professional athlete is signed to a brand or, you know, is able to use their name, image, and likeness however they like. I mean, they can, but there's no one – they're not marketable. No, no one's interested in the third-string quarterback of whatever NFL team, right? So, When was the last time that you saw a Baltimore – because you're a Baltimore Raven fan, so I'll base it off of your uh, Baltimore fandom. I when watch was, them every now and then, yes. When was the last time that you saw an offensive lineman – with some kind of big sponsorship deal, and you're like, oh, that's so-and-so on the offensive line. I know him, and he's promoting this brand. Yeah, and no, I mean... That doesn't happen. Never huge. You know, you see guys on local commercials sometimes and things like that. Right, but it, again... The, for like the Justin Tucker's on every... Uh, there's Royal Farms out in Maryland. He's on every Royal Farms commercial. But at the <laughs> You're not seeing Justin Tucker on a... At the collegiate level, it's already been debated. It's already been talked about. And, you know, the NCAA was already tasked with trying to figure out, you know, how to allow student athletes to benefit from the name, image, and likeness. Same with the, the college football video games, right? The right. players saw no kickback to EA, who made millions and millions on, on those games. And when it happened, and when they sued, each athlete received X amount of, of money whether it be, you know, 38 cents or something. It might not have been a whole lot of money, right? Because you got to spread that out between a, a vast, a large amount of people. Um, but, you know, I'm. why are we talking, and for this right now, why are we talking about paying athletes back for whatever? Why are we talking about giving athletes health care and so on and so forth when the big issue that's on the table, and we can talk about those other issues later, 
the big issue that's on the table right now is name, image, and likeness because that's what other states are doing, and it could pop up. What What's the earliest for this upcoming 2021-2022 season? I believe. I know in California it's an early date. But again, you know, they are trying to do too much in too little of time. Just keep it simple. I don't know, and that's my big gripe with politics. Keep it simple. Why are we throwing in $100,000 for you know, Alaska to go and, and get a tanning bed on a bill that's supposed to benefit hurricane relief down in Florida? I'm making up an example. You know, but why? It, it doesn't make sense. Take care of what you need to take care of first. If the people up in Alaska aren't going to vote for the hurricane relief stuff that's down in, in Florida, then, you know, oh, well. You don't have to entice them and waste money and put, you know, $100,000 towards tanning beds or whatever it is. That's a made-up example. But you, you see how I'm trying to appeal to the ridiculousness of throwing everything in at once. And while this instance for, you know, the NIL bill, you know, trying to go with, you know, medical and educational opportunities, transfer rights, health care, you know, those are big, important topics that all revolve around, you know, student athletes, and they're all on topic, right? If you had a, a big target in front of you, right, it might not be right dead in the center, but, you know, it's on one of the rings that's around it. You're somewhere close to the, to the dot. But why, why pay attention to the other rings? To win, they just got to get it as close to the center as possible. Focus on one task, one thing. It, it just drives me nuts that you go out into these different tangents and the main purpose of the bill gets lost with everything else. That's just uh, it's crazy to me. Just do your job, right? Ask you for one thing, figure out this one thing. You want to add other stuff, other things later when you have time? Sure, go back to it, revise it when you have some time. Now you don't have time. You don't have time right now. You got to figure it out before all, all the states and all the different colleges within those states have to fend for themselves against other states. Right? I mean, I'm, Ohio State is probably looking to compete every which way with, you know, the SEC schools that already have a lot of money. I don't know. It's a very difficult topic, but, you know, I saw that scroll across on Twitter not too long ago, earlier this week, and I thought it was worth mentioning at some point during the week because, you know, just, just do one thing, right? Get one win and keep that momentum going. That's what the Reds need to do. Get the one win tonight and see if they can take the series against the Padres. But I don't know. It, it's... I... And I it, even saw somebody said, you know, college sports is a business, right? And it is. It is. And it, it's just a... Um, just do your job, you know? Figure out one thing first. You get that one thing, great. Let's go on to the next thing. We have to revise the first thing that you did? All right. No problem. Go back. Nothing's written in stone. It's not the Ten Commandments, right? We have paper. We have computers we can erase, revise. It's, uh, I don't know. 
mind-boggling to me, Joey. Mind-boggling that it's this difficult to uh, come together on something that there is a general consensus across the nation that uh, you know people want name, image, and likeness so that student-athletes can benefit from it. You want to throw in all the extra stuff later? We'll debate it. We'll talk about it later. Get NIL out of the way first. Well, another news we were talking about the Reds earlier, if they're able to going to be able to bounce back after the tough loss last night. Right. Uh, well, last night after the loss, Tyler Stevenson tweeted out a new game tomorrow. So That's good. Hopefully that's, uh, that's a spirit shared across the, across the locker room there. And he was a big part of getting that win last night, too. He I mean, tied he, it up. He tied it up. Then he was yeah, technically the game's leading run. He was. Didn't have to run too fast to become that, but... <laughs> no. It'll always be funny, the, uh, just on a home run, and we'll send it to a quick break. Um, but on a home run trot, you, you can go as fast or as slow as you want. And I think somebody went slower than Bartolo Colon when he hit the home run. But uh, that, that's my uh, Bartolo reference for the day. But, yeah, Stevenson could, could go as fast or as slow. He just has to stay in front of Jonathan India to go out and score. Either way, we'll throw it to a quick break. Trivia question is still up on the board. If you want to win the Mike Moustakis bobblehead as well as the MLB Network bag, it's a red bag with the Reds and a Reds logo on the side. All you have to do is name the team the Reds beat June 1st, 1869. First ever professional baseball game played. Who did the Reds beat? I want the name of the team, and you can get the prize. We'll be right back. It's a sports fan presented by JK Contracting on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. As we were talking about the uh, NIL a little bit on the uh, previous segment, at 543, and I didn't even see this. I mean, I had saw this earlier this week, but I guess uh, NCAA President Mark Emmert says he will seek temporary rules as early as July to ensure all yeah, athletes. I'm sure with just like any other issue that guy's handled, he'll be on top <laughs> of it. All athletes can be compensated for their celebrity. In a memo obtained by the Associated Press, Emmert urged member schools to pass legislation that would make it permissible for the first time for college athletes to earn money off of their names, images, and likenesses. A host of state laws are looming, and congressional efforts for a national law have stalled, as we talked about. The NCAA Division I Council meets on Tuesday next week as well as Wednesday and could act on an NIL proposal during that time. So how about that for timing? Ripping into Congress and uh, NCAA, and uh, they're going to be trying to do it on on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. 
That's interesting. Sure is. You know, this is this is kind of the time where uh, it's a, it's kind of that low point. You know, the NBA's winding down to an end. Same with hockey. Baseball's about to be at the all-star break. And football, they just finished, you know, their mandatory mini camps and stuff like that. So you got to wait till the end of July. Uh, Bengals ended theirs early. Yeah, that's that's a tough part of uh, this part if you're a football fan. You know, you, you get a taste of everything. And then, you know, media, the team's media all come out and say how great so-so and so-so. And everybody's always great during these mini camps all of a sudden. There's no one ever struggling, I've noticed, <laughs> when you... When no. you read about any NFL team's minicamp, but then... Um, Number one overall draft pick has been struggling and does not understand what the uh, playbook is just yet. Right. You never right, get right. those reports out there. No, or that the... I mean, even the fourth string undrafted tight end, he's showing flashes. Everybody. Everybody is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just funny. And I, I read an article today about uh, the biggest X factor on the Bengals could be uh, McPherson, the kicker, out of Florida they drafted. As uh, Fat Randy, uh, <laughs> as he has been called. I didn't give him the nickname. I just heard yeah, many Cincinnati fans call him that, so that's the only reason I felt okay saying it. But Well, all right, so if somebody else says it's okay, you'll, you'll do it too. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll jump on the bandwagon for sure. Listen, maybe he's insecure about his weight. I mean, why do you got to call him Fat Randy? I, I don't, I'm not the one that came up with it. I don't know. Uh, it didn't look like he was heavyset. He's a thicker guy for sure. Well, yeah, yeah, McPherson, new kicker. Um, it's always interesting to see. I feel like rookie kickers go one of two ways most times. You know, they, they're they either really awful, like that Aguayo guy down in uh, Tampa Bay. You remember him when he missed like four kicks in one game? And Yeah. Because he yeah. was at Florida State and supposed to be the next, you know, great greatest kicker of all time. And then. Well, where's this McPherson kid from again? Florida. Florida, that's what I thought. Yeah, they spent a draft pick on him. And I mean, and you know if you spend a draft pick on a kicker and uh, <laughs> he's not good, he'll get the hook real quick. Oh, yeah. And you'll regret using that pick on a kicker. Yeah. But either way, I mean, that should be a... Uh, if they have a kicker, that would be good. Yeah, I mean... yeah. Supposed to be in the AFC North, you got kicking some uh, hard conditions, especially when you get into November, December, and I mean they just didn't have anybody, right? I mean, so well, you remember that kick last year, Bullock had where uh, he cramped up on his non-kicking <laughs> leg. No one really knows the the, the exact story, but <laughs> oh yeah, he was, um, uh, yeah, that was against that the Chargers was Week One. I I can't. I, it was either Chargers or Philly. No, it was Chargers. It was Week One. I remember. Because he was grabbing, he he said it was his one leg that was injured, and then grabbed the other leg. Right. Which made no sense. Correct. So he was just very ashamed of missing the kick, is what it looks like from afar. Yeah, but I just thought it was a funny article, because kickers, they can win and lose games at time, but throughout the course of a season, how big of an X factor is a kicker, really? You know, it's... Well, I'll tell you this. The Don't get, get me wrong. They can win and lose games, and they can have a very big outcome on the game. But I read this in an article earlier this week as well. And in the article, it was talking about, you know, the, the kind of the tenure with Adam Gase and the Jets. Guess who was the leading scorer on the New York Jets last year? Uh, was Ficken still a kicker? Uh, it, was their, uh, it was their primary kicker. Who led them? 
And then the backup guy only played a handful of games. He was second. Yeah, that's generally how that goes. Kickers always lead in points. They do. But then again, like, I mean, what does it, what does it tell you that, that you have a kicker leading the points? It's how it works. Look at the career points, guys. They're all kickers. <laughs> it may be, but, I mean, if you're having a good year, I mean, your quarterback's got to have more points. You don't You'd like to see. Okay. I get, I mean, the, stall, the drive stalls, you kick a three-point field goal. So, I mean, they do rack up points, sure. I was just surprised to learn. And maybe I shouldn't be so surprised that a kicker can lead in points. If you look at almost probably any NFL team, the kicker probably leads in points. Yeah, I don't think anybody else was close, It's not though. groundbreaking. Uh, it's not groundbreaking, <laughs> but I was very, uh, again, I was, maybe I was surprised to see it. Yeah, the Jets are bad, but. Yeah. Yeah. Jets were bad. <laughs> yes, they were. But either way, it was a uh, rough season. Rough season for the Jets last year. But who knows? Maybe the kicker can make a difference in Cincinnati. Um, that You think having a good kicker would have resulted in a couple more wins last year? Uh, No. No? Probably not? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it has that big. Maybe you win one, two more games. I mean, you know, it's it's something that you can never really measure up. But if you do win one or two more games, then you don't have Jamar Chase on your team. That's true. You give any take. Coming up later tonight, Cincinnati Reds at 940. We'll join the network pregame show. That about does it for the Sportsman presented by JNK Contracting. For Joey Medor, this is Connor Mills signing off. Happy Father's Day weekend, and we'll talk to you back on Monday. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-L.